Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, a weekly look at the world of hockey with your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. Everyone have their notes in front of them for my homework? Mm-hmm. Oh, do I. <laughs> <laughs> previously, <laughs> previously on the 3v3 Podcast, I posed the question... Wasn't really so much a question as it was an open-ended statement. Redo the 2012 draft. And it has been so hysterical since we posted our last podcast to hear people going back and sort of doing this on their own podcast simply as a side effect of the Alex Galchenyuk trade. People would say, oh, and then they'd look at the 2012 draft and they'd be like, Oh, and realize that it was something of a gong show. So let us, the people who posed the question before the trade was made, now <laughs> answer the question. I submit to you, and feel free to feel free to go as many picks as you would like, but I would like at least who do you take number one overall in 2012? Hindsight being 2020, no pun intended, trademark Patrick. So I went five, because after that I was like, eh. <laughs> so the top five in 2012 were Nail Yakupov, Ryan Murray, Alex Galchenyuk, Griffin Reinhardt, and Morgan Riley. So my top five, if we were redoing this today, is Philip Forsberg, number one overall. He was chosen 11th overall in 2012. Tomas Hurdle, number two, he was chosen 17th overall. Andre Vasilevsky, number three, he was chosen 19th overall. Morgan Riley, number four, he was actually fifth, so not he moved up a little bit. And Jacob Truba, number five, he was number nine overall. I shall sit back now and, and await the commentary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, see, this is the thing about the 2012 draft. It's the, it's the other end of the infamous 2003 draft. There's really no wrong answer so long as it's not the answer that they, that they actually ended up with. <laughs> so anyone tells me they tail, they take Nail Yakupov first overall again, needs their head check. So, I'm not going to provide any commentary on that one. I will simply applaud you. Oh, thank you. And I'm sure Pat did the first two rounds. No, I didn't go that deep, but I, I went down rabbit holes with some of my picks. So I went Alex Galchaniak first overall with the condition he will not play in the soon-to-be lockout shortened season immediately coming uh, out of his draft year, because I think what everyone forgets is Galchenyuk played two games the year before. So going into his draft year, he played two games. And yet he was still a phenomenal athlete who was somehow able to put up 30 goals in Montreal with Michelle Therrien. That just speaks volumes to me. And then, surprisingly enough, I put Yakupov <laughs> at two. 
Really? I okay. do, because at this point, Columbus Blue Jackets in, uh, let's see, 2012, I, I think they still have something. And I think that's kind of when the team would have been insulated enough. So this would have been right before the um, Rick Nash trade or right after. I forget when that timing happened, but it was in between uh, the 2012 and the 2013 season. So bring in another high-scoring winger to take up the mantle. And then he's insulated with all that great talent that's slowly going to come in from the various trades that I believe a new AHL president, Scott Housen, made. No, was he canned just beforehand? Regardless. Housen was dumb. Housen was dumped pretty much right after he traded, and that was the 11-12 season. Okay. All right, well, but I would still take Yakupov with the idea that they're going to have some, a little more patience with players, unlike Edmonton, unlike Montreal. So I just think it would have been a better fit, but hindsight being what it is, they would have never taken him because, you know, Nikita who, as they say <laughs> in uh, Columbus. Um, I don't know. Let's let's ask Doug McClain. <clears throat> oh, he he never say anything about that, would he? Oh, he constantly. Yeah. Anyway. Um. So then I would go Riley three, Athanasio four, and then I'm I'm kind of going off the board here. Nice deep pull, by the way. Yeah. Athanasio, yeah. Um. And then I'm taking Radic Fasca. Yeah. Um, okay. And what I was surprised by was how few games he's played relative to anyone not named Slater Cuckoo in this <laughs> first round. And I guess Pouliot, but that trade and the Penguins taking that defenseman. Oof. Anyway, um, I think Fasca could have, you know, he could, I, I I will still say for the time being, Hampus Lindholm is the most all-around defenseman from this draft class. You've got Morgan Riley, who I just, I, I think he was properly slated. He was not a first overall. He, he wouldn't have crept into the top two. But I certainly think he was better than Murray at the time, Ryan Murray at the time, who... Speaking of Ryan Murray, this was a fun fact. He's still not played as many games in the NHL as Nail Yakupov. Yeah. 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 So I, I just <laughs> saw in Fasca the, high, the higher reward player than, say, um, Lindholm or Truba or anyone else. So. There's my top five. Hmm. Okay. I, in, in curious, as William or John Hurt might say. Um. Hmm. 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 I. I. 
I'm still puzzled by by Galchenik remaining in there. But I but I get your rationale behind it. Mm-hmm. Like I totally get your rationale behind it. I think had he played a full junior season beforehand, he would have played in you know World Juniors for USA. I think he's without question the number one overall pick. Okay. Well, I kind of really vacillated on this because I I fell back. Oh boy, I can't believe I get to say this. On my adoration for Thomas Hurdle, Tomas Hurdle, because I think, you know, again, hindsight being 2020, but you got to also look what he did by ending Brian Boucher's career um, and and starting the, the, the joke that she'll never die along with Jamie Benn, which is, you know, the four goals. What would you do after you score full go- four goals? Um, I really had to end up flipping a quarter on this one because this draft is so deep with players that are good but not great. That makes it tougher to me. So I kind of went with Cassie, you know, based on everything. Philip Forsberg probably would have been first overall, hurdle second for me, but I would have then. Oh, God. I'm going to get killed for this one. Um, Foxa would have been third. Wilson would have been fourth. And Tara Vinen would have been fifth. And that's, yeah. and that's simply a byproduct of, of, you know, what we know now type thing, but also looking at development arcs and everything. If those players had developed the same way, Edmonton having a Forsberg and a couple of years later having a dry saddle and a couple of years, you know, all of these sort of what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. But I, yeah, I, Ryan, and it breaks my heart because I saw Ryan Murray play and in Everett a number of times and in Seattle, not Seattle, cough, cough, Kenton, Renton, Kent, whatever they want to call that, <laughs> where that, where the show where is. Even um, I know where it is. I, I know, but I call it Kenton. Um, watching him, he just, you know, that's a guy, God, you know, when he is playing and now what is unfortunately, you know, his mature seasons, he looks fantastic, but cannot stay healthy, which is the polar opposite of what he was in Everett. Right. <laughs> so... That's what, you know, it's like I've, like I've bemoaned before with Mirko Mueller, you know. There are two guys that came out of Everett that should be, for all intent and purposes, not, you know, Drew Doughty, Brent Burns, Thomas Shabbat type players, but cornerstone defensemen that just could not hook it up in the NHL. All the tools are there. I just don't, you know, with Murray, it's injuries. With Mueller, it's it's the way he was developed. Blech. So, and in this yeah. week in history, I did see Mueller score an NHL goal. Yeah, he's done that a few times. 
that's surprising. And and and, um, and hey, by the way, brilliant segue, Mr. Clark. So again, what's the sound of one hand clapping? Um, as he's going to get a lot more ice time now that the Devils have traded. Andy Green and Blake Coleman. Wow. Yeah, and and I'm watching as we speak uh, New Jersey playing, and they still have NHL players on the ice at the moment. Uh, late, <laughs> Technically, late. if you're playing for the Devils, you are still in the NHL. As, as we, we do not have a relegation league in the NHL yet. No, because the league hates fun, and that would never happen. Um, of course not. So Andy Green, of course he goes to a Lou Lamarillo team, right? <laughs> like that, that was his only destination, like not even Toronto. What is, was it know? though? I, I mean, if I'm looking at the Islanders, is Andy Green really what they need? That's the one that perplexes me today. Is Andy Green really what the Islanders need? Of course. Because they're best of no, of course not. Right, this is my problem. No, this, this is a Lou Lamarillo team. Here is a player that he selected when he was with the Devils that he brought in that he probably named captain, <laughs> who is even at age thirty-eight is a serviceable five-six. Now that you say that, I'm wondering if if Lou wasn't just looking for that extended leadership you know what i mean it it would make sense they are they were starting to teeter in the standings they've had this is a depth move to hopefully bridge the gap until late march when hopefully they get a few guys back on the blue line but i don't know um it, it it just screamed here is a team that and Andy Green did have some no trade protection. Um, here is a person he will say yes to because he knows exactly the situation he's walking into. Right? He's not he's traveling already, that. Yeah. He's not moving that far. He, he not doesn't moving have at to, all. <laughs> he doesn't have to upper. Well, that. Let's be honest. I've heard horror stories about the Long Island. Uh, Railroad, so but it's the bridges that'll get you. <laughs> yeah, okay, there you go. The bridges onto long, from Manhattan or into Long Island are just the worst. How many how many more games do they have out at Nassau? Versus what's up in, in Brooklyn. This is what I'm saying. God only knows. They make it up as they go along. You know what I swear to God they do. I swear to God, they do. But so, you know, Andy Green actually has a um, a history with Lou. Yeah. Part of, yeah. So that's part of the reason why he also got him too was because uh, Lou likes him. Lou likes his guys. And I just I'm I'm I was postulating because Cassie, you had to drop for a quick second. I was just sort of hypothesizing that it might not also be that. Um mature leadership in the room that is not really there with the Islanders, you know? Yeah, I mean, they just sort of named Anders Lee captain because oops. All teams should name a captain. Right, you I'm know? And they looked around the room and went, um, 
yeah, you just signed your, you actually decided to say, stay here and, and signed your contract on your UFA year. So here's the C. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Matt. Having, exactly. <laughs> After having Tavares walk away from him, who had been the institution. So I'm wondering if that's not just a leadership type thing. But no, probably. At the end of the day, I just really feel bad for Sebastian Ajo and the fact that he got assigned back to Bridgeport again and he just cannot stick on that blue line. That poor kid. Yeah. I mean, unlike Sebastian Ajo, who can't get knocked off the first line if he wanted to. Um, but as as and I'll bring this up because the the turd ball that he is, Jeff Merrick, and I call him that lovingly, by the way, <laughs> as a friend of is I I can genuinely call him a friend of mine. Um postulated did the devils make out better in the Hall deal or the Coleman deal? Because they got a twenty twenty-one first Vancouver's and a foot who was a first-round pick as well, Tampa's first-round pick, in exchange for Blake Coleman, who has this year and one year left on a 1.1 deal, or 1.1, or 1.8, I think. So he's, he's cost-controlled yeah, he's cost controlled for this year and next, which is a lot of what Tampa's worrying about. But still, <laughs> they got a, effectively two first-round picks for Blake Coleman. For Blake Coleman. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> we will now wait while most of the people who don't stay up and watch New Jersey Devils games look up Blake Coleman. Mm-hmm. Great player. Solid player. Two first round draft picks. Hmm. Well, apparently, yes. from what I could tell, Colorado had it sealed up and then Boston decided to jump in and raised the stakes and then Tampa jumped in and decided that they really wanted him so they just went all out <laughs> so it was a three-way bidding war basically on this guy the abs almost had him and then and then just got out of hand <laughs> they they weren't gonna they weren't ready to pot commit to Blake Coleman in poker parlance uh, I don't yeah I don't think that I think the pot got too rich I think they decided to fold and walk away <laughs> Yeah, sitting on pocket eights, they they were looking in the pot, just kept trying. Nope, nope, we're out, we're out. And Tampa, who apparently is immune from cap laws or something, I don't know. I, how the hell? Because this this is like their fifth twenty goal scorer <laughs> that they have on their roster. So good night, Irene. Well, yeah, well, and that's the thing though is that. Just because you have a stacked offense doesn't mean that you're going to get anywhere. Um. <laughs> no, I understand that, but this is also a team that has Victor Hedman, Kevin Shattenkirk, you know, or not um, not Shattenkirk, McDonough. Vasilevsky. Um, no, yeah. They, they do have Shattenkirk. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, because basically New York, it's the Rangers south. Right. Yeah. But again, look at the team that didn't make it past the first round <laughs> hey i'm not i'm not discounting that whatsoever but now they've brought in a guy who's starving for playoffs 
Yeah, I'm really hoping that they they blow it in the first round because I don't think Cooper's going to survive that one. <laughs> See, it's funny that you mentioned that, Cassie, because this <laughs> brings up another piece of news, and it ru- ruins, absolutely ruins kind of my own uh, fantasy GMing. Mm-hmm. I was hoping Tampa maybe makes it to the Eastern Conference Final, but gets mm-hmm. bounced. And then they have a bit of a slow start. They fire Cooper in December, and who should they bring on? Oh, the recently unsigned Paul Maurice, who (laughs) somehow brings the Tampa Bay Lightning the Stanley Cup again. Can we have that? And the Winnipeg Jets had to go and give (laughs) the man a three-year extension because he was a lame duck coach, quote-unquote. Mm, not ex- saying that he's not saying that he wasn't deserving, but I wanted to see him go somewhere and win a cup. Extensions are meaningless, Pat. You know how I know? Look at Peter DeBoer. Look at Gerard Gallant. Extensions yeah. are meaningless. Yeah, but it's not going to happen in December. They're going to wait till February. Nah, it depends on when the tax write-offs come. No, it depends on who wins the cup and what they did with their coach this year. Right. Hmm. Well, heaven forbid Detroit makes a magical run after firing Blashill. <laughs> but he's not damn. fired. His contract just expired. He doesn't oh. have to fire him. God. Oh. Okay, Barry Trotz. Okay, Todd McClellan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's, I think there's a couple more. No, I know there's a few more off the top of my head. I can't pull right now. But anyway, those are the two most recent. Oi. So worse. if you're Bruce Boudreau, oh, God, where do you want to go? Speaking of lame duck coaches that were let free. <laughs> and boy, did boy howdy, did the Minnesota Wild suffer a dead cat bounce. Because dead cats don't bounce. Mm-hmm. They go stink. So, yeah, way to go, Minnesota Wild. Coach is really the problem there. Mm-hmm. Well, it was because they were stuck in the middle of mediocrity. That's <laughs> also known as Minnesota Wild disease. I know they were sniffing at a playoff spot. They were just sniffing at a playoff spot like a dog sniffs for a place to go potty. Yeah. But they weren't climbing over five, three teams, I guess. I don't know, two. Hell, they weren't climbing over one. <laughs> the the West actually the West specifically, the Pacific, is just like whatever. Minnesota wasn't crawling over a single team. The Central is good night. <laughs> Is it? Because um, they're grouped all together again and not by that much greater of a margin than the Pacific. Well, does Berube get fired and they go on another magical run and win a Stanley Cup and that just becomes the thing? Your, Dude, basic, your coaching cycle is from like February to February the following year. Is, I think is that's what J- people are hoping for. Yeah, is Jake is. Allen going to get the Chris Osgood treatment where he's on the bench one year and then wins a cup the next? Oh, God. As the starter? And then 15 years later, we're debating whether he's a Hall of Famer or not. Oh, God. 
yeah, you know, overall this weekend on hockey Twitter has really just been like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> It, there's something there's something that might be coming with the cycles or phases of the planets and the moons because damn is mercury in retrograde do we know this yet <laughs> hockey's in retrograde i know that specifically really? nhl hockey you know what the problem is it's because ovechkin many. which one uh, <laughs> specific to, to this week ovechkin hasn't scored a goal so everything's off it's uh Access. That's how that's how you know everything's off. I know. He's let two guys pass him for the goal scoring lead. Dear God. Oh yeah. And by the way, you know, I love when people say, Oh, there's basically only three guys that have a chance at the Art Ross or the uh Maurice Richard this year. I'm going, huh. Really? Yeah. Just because they have forty right now? Okay, because I don't know about you, but there's this German guy in Edmonton who had 50 last year, and I don't know. Good. <sighs> do we have to talk to about the again. league MVP? Who? Octum, baby. We don't have to, other than <sighs> he's he's my hero for just torching Mark Spector tonight in a post-game um, interview. <laughs> oh, did he really? Oh, yes, he did. Oh, I didn't hear. Oh, I, I was in the building and I missed that. Ugh. Yeah, well, um, it's okay. Let's Spat- just say it, the it was a joy to face. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. It was just a joy to watch him in person, and I will leave the fawning at that. No, I'll fawn. I'll do plenty of fawning. I know. It's your role in the show. It really yes. is. Um, The question was basically along the lines of how his play and success have been lately, Uh-oh. you know, whether he's playing his best hockey of the season, his response was, well, I don't know. Some people said I couldn't even run my own line, which is just a, just, you know, <laughs> damn, that's an S. So as I was waiting to leave the parking lot, I did see the quote and I should have guessed, but to think that Mark Spector would have traveled, I was shocked. Uh, well, there's that. Um, but... but I should have known that was a question coming from him because uh, he was lights out this evening. Yeah. I mean, just. Ugh. But he can't run his own line. No. <laughs> <laughs> On the team that's three and four since, you know, McRib went down with another injury. But that's okay. You can't and run appar- online. And apparently they have a bad defense, but uh, I saw some pretty stingy play, and they just got beat by some all-star first line a couple well, times. I I will say that is un- that was an unbelievably fun game to watch. There was bad officiating, incredible play, it all evened out in the end. And that mm-hmm. Oilers that Oilers Hurricanes game tonight was fun. And I, it would. And I, Love that it went to overtime. That might have been one of the best overtimes I had seen. And I'm, you know, biasly, okay, I'm I'm mad the Hurricanes didn't pick up a second point, but that was a pretty satisfying ending. It, it, you know what? It really was. I was I, I'm of this two minds on that game. I was like, God, go Oiler. No, no, go Kank. I want, no, go, no, go, okay. Just everyone have fun. <laughs> Go out and play your hardest. 
play your hardest and have fun. <laughs> I'm I'm just sad the streak of Andrei Svechnikov doing the lacrosse goal on Canadian team goalies. Uh, that streak went to an end tonight. Oh, damn! Somebody actually had said I, I was um, one of the athletic writers had said something it's like well now that we now that lacrosse goals are a thing in the nhl and i couldn't help but think 3d hockey hmm where did i hear that <laughs> huh where did we hear 3d hockey you can play put like us lacrosse. on that. they should play more like lacrosse players hmm where did can, i hear that they can put us on the payroll anytime they want are we are are we as a podcast trio just too far ahead? Or are we sort of like that band that puts out one or two albums and doesn't sell well, but like 15 years later becomes like this seminal influential act because everyone now caught up to us? Hmm. I think it might be a little early for that. Are the are we out well, of we're touch or are the children out of touch? Am I, are we out of touch or the children out of touch? No, no. It must be the children. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so the lacrosse goals are a thing now in the NHL. Who knew? Hmm. So hmm. weird. It really kind of is. Because Lord knows there are other things that are part of the NHL that I could live never having to see again. Like the controversy over uh, Breadman's uh, shootout goal the other night? That's one. Let's take a really good play and nitpick it to death. And, you know. Did the puck go forward? Did he pull it back? Did he stop? No, he didn't technically stop. Did he pull it back? Was it traveling forward the entire time? Is it all subjective? Is this just whining because who, it was Daniel Briere, wasn't it? That did the spinner that used to do the spinnerama. One, it was, it was or, Briere. He was one of the the first to really do it with I any regularity. But I don't remember if it was him or Saint Louis who kept doing it, and it kept just absolutely infuriating goaltenders to the point that they griped enough. And of course, the goaltenders' union, being the largest union. We in are the sub, in the subunions of the NHL made the most noise and blame Marty Bridger for that one. Well, well, we as part I'll of blame the union, uh, we can shut up because that was just a sick goal. And that's where I'm at. God damn it all to hell. <laughs> like, people go. just want to suck the entertainment value out of the NHL, no. and it makes me sad inside. Oh, they're doing it under the 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 wolf and sheep clothing guise of fairness. Okay, guys, when has the NHL ever been fair? (laughs) No, here, here, let me do this. Is it unfair if he does it when he's got a clean breakaway from the blue line? No. So why is a play that's not legal? Or why is a play that's legal during normal run of play illegal during the shootout? Your goalie stopped the damn thing. Is it is it fair that the goalies now are like 6'2", 6'4", and filling up all the nets so players can't shoot? 
keep keep going <laughs> six five six six yeah it's six, like seven and they wonder oh we need to make the equipment smaller mm-hmm. maybe you should draft smaller goaltenders just a thought yeah i want to know because you know my stance on eric lindros going into the hall of fame was just purely because he was big the first goaltender that goes in because he was purely big i'm going to be the same way yeah, I just deserve... put a guy right there and blocks off like ninety-five percent of the net. Yeah. Oh, but but that really has to move. Well, I like goalies. Have... Don't get me wrong. I like them. When you have the wingspan of an albatross standing there and covering basically from corner to corner with your damn hands spread out, you just stand. They could tie them up like Millhouse to the net, and you would still see. The same amount of goals that you do today. Well, I mean, you know, they can just sit there with both skates against both posts and not have to move their their legs. <clears throat> it's like they've just taken off, you know, the bottom foot and a half of the net. Well, especially now that they've allowed the the top of the pads to come up to their chins. I mean, that's just the. I mean, the big guys they don't even need that. <laughs> Bring back like, the day. I miss the days when the top of the pads barely came over the top of the kneecap. Butterfly. I mean, again, it's a safety issue. There are safety no. issues to take into consideration for the, blah, you know, for the goaltenders. However, however, if you want to draft big goalies, make the net wider. If you want to keep the net the way it is, draft smaller goalies. Because okay, you can't have big goalies with the same size net or else it's just not going to get scoring going. Cassie, Cassie, hmm? who got to you? Hmm? Who got to you? Who got who, to me? Yeah, who got to you? you? You turned like a witness in a mafia trial. Who got to you? <laughs> I don't know that I've turned. Did somebody bring your family over from Sicily and have them sitting in the front <laughs> row staring at you while you're on the witness stand talk when you were there as a witness for the government to reduce the size of the goaltender pads? And now you see your relative sitting there in the front row talking to you about goaltender honor. Who got to you? <laughs> no, you know, they can reduce the equipment. I'm good with that, too. But I'm just saying that, like, the drafting of big people to fill the net is kind of getting a little absurd. That's so all I'm saying. A, so do we put a height restriction on goaltenders? Make the nets bigger. Oh, they're not going to draft smaller. You have to make the nets bigger. Ugh. It's like basketball, right? Basketball players, like, dunking is basically standing there and putting their hand over the uh, the rim. <laughs> but they do it with flair. And that's what we're missing. It's like, bring up the net, bring up the rims, bring up the backboards, make the oh. court bigger. Yeah, no, so that's that's my gripe. It's like, Smaller equipment, great. I'm all for that too, but it's like if scoring is what they're looking for, higher scoring, and they're wondering why there isn't more scoring, they might want to check the height of their goaltenders. That's all I'm saying. Mm. How about we just get rid of coaches? And I think that would solve everything. There it is. There's no coaches union. Like, 
the coaches union doesn't have the same pull as the NHLPA, right? And you know the PA would be a down with, hey, you know what? These days that were set aside for practices and stuff, they're kind of, you know, yours. You want to go out and play some shitty or you don't want to do anything, have at it. Where the game is devolved into let's play on this half of the offensive zone and just move it around back and forth and let our big goalies just stand there and let stuff hit them one out of five times, it can be kind of dull. And of course you're not going to beat a big guy who's just standing still. And that's how the game is coached. And drafted and Mm -hmm. managed and... (sighs) So the real key is make sh- only allow goalies over the age of 30 to play. Maybe that maybe that's the solution. Sweet, I've got a chance at a second career in the NHL. <laughs> God, could you imagine? Oh, 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 what's the matter? Did you pull something? Oh, it's my hip. <laughs> I mean, the starting I do that goaltender, already, so. you know, the starting goaltender of Vancouver is or or San Jose or Los Angeles is out for the remainder of a year due to a hip replacement surgery. Mm, well, you already get that with some of these younger guys. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, Jonathan Quick says what? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And not just with goalies either. The starting goaltender of the New York Rangers is out for the remainder of the year due to osteoporosis. Um, <clears throat> so, speaking of Quick, uh, do you think at home from the... Uh, Stadium series game last night, okay? Do you think they finally made it back? Um, As we record on Sunday. I would like to make a comment that is going to make, like, turn this into very um, grim, but I will hold that off until uh, until later in this part of the discussion. Well, I, I would, I would, there's a number of jokes I would like to make, but having... Oh, no, no, this isn't today, a joke. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just saying there are a number of jokes I would like to make, but having the having heard the news today that I heard, they would all be in unbelievably poor taste. Yes, yes. Oh, uh, so clearly I missed something that happened. Um, so yeah. there were rumors after the game last night, and it, nothing has been confirmed as of yet, although there has been a witness saying that they came across this person. So there's apparently a bridge that goes over railroad tracks as people were trying to make their way out. And some people were walking, some people driving, but this particular news was people walking. Um, Someone, as of right now, it's unconfirmed, uh, jumped off the bridge and onto the railroad tracks in a suicide. So no, not everyone did make it home last night. (laughs) They were an Avs fan wearing an Avs jersey. I am not naming who the player's number was on the back because that's not going to be good either. Um, So yeah, there's, again, unconfirmed as of this recording, which is the day after the stadium series game at Air Force Academy. But yeah. Yeah, so a lot of the jokes that I would like to make at this point regarding the game itself are unbelievably tempered, and some of them also would be in bad taste. <clears throat> um, but I did... Go ahead, sorry. No, go ahead, Cass. 
Well, I was just going to say I did see the Denver Post did release a statement of the traffic issues um, from the uh, athletic director at the Air Force Academy because, you know, they tend to oversee athletic facilities as well as athletes. And so there was a number of complaints about the game last night. One, The biggest one, of course, was traffic. And basically the uh, statement said, we warned you, we kept warning you, the NHL kept warning you, and nobody listened, and too bad, that's just what you got. Is this from <laughs> a government agency? Of course, it's the Air Force Academy. Yeah, it's the athletic, I mean, they, they, they were much more professional in saying that, but that was the gist of it. It was, you know, we repeatedly sent out notices that the traffic was going to be bad. We opened up the gates at 1230 so people could come in for the um, the NHL Fan Fest. We had we allowed it. We allowed ride shares within the fence line. We you know, the NHL kept sending out announcements, the team announcements that traffic was going to be bad, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. But basically, that was the gist. It was like, well, you know, if traffic was bad, too bad. We told you. <laughs> uh, we did everything we could to, like, change that for you. So that has that's not on us. <laughs> and to, to which I just continue to turn around and say you're entering what is, by all definitions, a military base. There's no other I, way to put it. I feel so bad for the MPs, I do. <laughs> you are entering a military base as a civilian. Good luck with that. Yeah. With that you has know, two gates. They have two gates. That's it. Dead. Like, I mean... You know, having I, spent a sufficient enough time, sufficient enough amount of time around Annapolis, you're entering a military base. <laughs> Uh, you know, my my dad worked for Bremerton Navy Shipyard for 30, over 30 years. I worked as a contractor for the Department of Defense for 10. I could tell you stories. <laughs> I don't so, care like, if you're I don't care if you're a civilian there going to a football game and in a stadium that seats 80,000 people. You're entering a military base. It's limited access. Right. You have a and, you're and entering a limited access area. And security restrictions and con constraints and all of these other things. And I get it. Trust me, I get your frustration. Well, and I then mean, on top of all of that, and throughout the day, people had been tweeting out there are traffic accidents on I-25, which is the interstate the, that yeah. runs from Denver to Colorado Springs. And, you know, there's... People were also tweeting out there was major construction going on. Be aware of the slowdowns that are happening because of that. And so, like, all day yesterday, my, my Twitter feed, and I don't follow that many Colorado fans, um, but my all day long, my Twitter feed was full of, like, traffic between Denver and Colorado Springs. It's like how people wouldn't know. I mean, I'm sure that the team sent out emails leave early <laughs> for the it's game. Like, why would you think that you could show up at, at 8 o'clock, or well, I guess 6 their time, 6 o'clock, and just get to your seat? It's I not the like Pepsi it. Center. You're entering a military base. I, Pat, this will probably miss you, but Cassie, this is <laughs> early gorge. 
Yeah. Early yeah. Gorge traffic. The Gorge at George Washington Amphitheater, where a lot of big concerts come and play in Seattle or in the summertime. Halfway between Seattle and Spokane. Yeah. On the Columbia River. On I-90. Uh, or uh, off I-90. Uh, way off I-90. Um, if you got there, if you were able to get out from there in the early days from a concert in less than two and a half hours, you left the concert early. You just know it's going to happen because there's only two goddamn roads out of the gorge mm-hmm. at the time. Okay, that's enough. I don't want to talk about that anymore because... Wait, there are there. I'm, I'm sitting there going, hmm, there is no happier news in the NHL over the weekend. Well, they they did. I mean, what was interesting was in this statement, the um, athletic director lightly glossed over the other issues because there were other issues within the stadium. Um, the they were going to look into and review how you know their action plan and how everything happened. Um, but I mean, I I saw that they were putting a bunch of cadets on this on the uh, the field next to the rink where no one could see a damn thing, and thought that was dead space that they didn't know what to do with, so they just put bodies there. That's usually a sign that it, this is not going to be very well planned out. <laughs> uh... You don't know what to do. You can't commit all of your space to something, then then that's, that's usually kind of a sign of a problem. Not always, but, I mean, they could have done static displays of, like, more planes or or whatever, but, but no, they chose to, wor- to put cadets who couldn't see anything. You have to worry about blocking the line of sight if you brought in other planes, because I heard from a couple people that the F-16 that was out there was kind of blocking line of sight mm. for some seats, but... The rink was not as elevated as it has been in the past. Um, so if the cadets were standing, they could see the top, like sort of, you know, above the boards type things. But, and I think this is probably the case, they were there to be the crowd for the intermission show. Right. Because they didn't want to let fans down on the field because, again... <laughs> military facility um and they also wanted they also wanted a nice entry for the players and the teams coming in which by the way i will i will say bravo i i will give them as the players were being pulled by the airmen with the um uh, with the signal markers i thought that was funny <laughs> you know like like you're parking an airplane they were backing mm-hmm. up with the signal marker oh it was I just was kind of giggling at that one. Well done on that one. <laughs> so, as Greg Wyshynski said, as far as outdoor games goes, this was one of them. <laughs> Which I think summed it up best. Mm-hmm. And boy, how did this... If, if Blake Coleman gets effectively two first-round draft picks, what is Tyler Toffoli going to get now? Oh, he... I was... Um... I was wishing an LA Kings fan today congratulations on the uh, swan song for Tapoli because he might get three first rounders. Mm. And I actually said as a joke before the Coleman news was kind of hitting, um, you're probably going to get two first rounders for this guy now all of a sudden. And now he's out of the running for my team. 
<laughs> so, um, so Boston and Colorado, you're up. Yeah, it's a. It was a bidding war, and I think that's why it ended up with two first-rounders. But now that's set the precedent, and I think that's really going to um, cause a lot of no trades. <laughs> There's actually a lot of trades in the next couple, the next what week? Well, hang on there, Pat. I mean, you know, you guys have Toronto, or you guys, Carolina's got Toronto's first-round pick this year, right? They do. Toronto could be out of a playoff spot here, which means that pick could, you know, potentially be a lottery pick. But <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm the, just the, saying. The league has infiltrated my brain and they've sucked all the fun out of it for this moment. That pick is top 10 protected. So I don't know if they can legally trade it. Or if someone is willing to accept a potential 2020 draft pick or a 2021 draft pick. I'd be interested to see that. God, this hurts my brain. I just pulled up the standings as as, as a side here because Lord knows we love tangents. Who doesn't love a good orange? Oh, um, yeah. The... Um, the First team out of the Eastern Conference race has as many or more wins than all but one Western Conference team? No, I'm actually just strictly looking at the Eastern Conference and trying to figure out how a team that has a plus 26 goal differential is not in a playoff spot. They don't when, lose well enough. Uh, when a team, when, <laughs> when teams that have plus 5, plus 9, and plus 15 are ahead of them. They don't. Yeah. And because so today was Carolina's fourth because that's the team we're talking about. Fourth overtime loss of the season that ranks dead last with, I believe, the Detroit Red Wings. The stat you probably never want to be or a team you never want to be tied with in (laughs) stats right now. But seriously, they just don't. They have played well in overtime somehow are undefeated in shootouts, but they've unfortunately gone to five. So, I mean... It's that five minutes in between the end of the game and the shootout that gets them, right? Yeah, a little bit. And their their OT record is not terrible. It's just they lose too many games in regulation compared to other teams because they, I guess they don't play conservative enough. High risk, high reward. Exactly. Yeah, well, you know what? That's good playoff hockey. It's just unfortunately, you just got to get there. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, the they, West. Sorry, go ahead, Pat. They're they're built to grind teams, and that just doesn't work in an eighty-two game schedule. Uh, Western the Western Conference is just put your blindfold on and throw something at the wall because what you might be throwing might not be what you think, and that might not be a wall. It's the only way I can describe the Western Conference right now. But it's fun. Sure, it's fun. (laughs) For somebody. Oh, those last two and a half weeks of the season are going to be... Probably better than playoffs, let's be honest. Than at least some (sighs) of the matchups. Oh, hey. 
but the first round, Pat, I mean, you know, that's where we're supposed to develop these rivalries and and blah, 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 blah. Oh, my God, this league drives me nuts. But, hey, the Red Wings can be eliminated from playoff contention on Tuesday, so maybe they'll be finally sell something. Yeah, I'm not holding my breath. I'm not holding my breath. I think he. I think they have enough assets in the next two years. And by assets, I mean draft picks and prospects and crap in the next two years. That no need to sell anything off. Yeah, Iserman's plan was always in Tampa of starting with draft picks and developing from within. Yeah, which worked for him until um, they won the Calder Cup, and then he brought up the core and gutted the entire farm team. But. <laughs> You know, whatever details. It's you know, it's the it's such a fine line between you know clever and stupid. <laughs> Genius and idiocy. It's just such a fine line. Uh-huh. Anything else happened in hockey? <laughs> uh about at least ten more things, I think. Carolina got awarded an outdoor game. Yes, let's talk about the fun. God damn, let's talk about the fun. Which um, is right across the parking lot from so, the So the, lo- the logistics of parking and... Should be fine. Well, should. So Provided the, the state fair is not there, right? State fair will not be there. Thank goodness. In um, January? Although I will say, as we were talking Florida. about... The logistics of leaving an Air Force base. And as someone that used to ref games on a military base in Fort Bragg, North Carolina, yeah, it's uh, always a fun experience. Um, When you blew the whistle, did they not all just immediately stand at attention? Oh, no, because it was still kids. No, then they weren't trained very well. No. (laughs) I do miss the days when I'd have random people salute me. No, but uh, <laughs> that was always fun. They weren't supposed to, but every once in a while. Of course not. You're a, you're a civvy. Civilian, yeah. Not. Contractor. They were but... Just being polite. Um, they were ki- they were National Guard, I think, actually. <laughs> anyway. Oh God, that's even that's even worse. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anywho. Um. There was a U2 concert at the stadium where the game will be played literally across a two-lane road from the uh, PNC Arena. Um, Traffic was a shit show afterwards because people are in control of cars and people are not bright. But it should be fun because I'm planning to camp out. (laughs) Yeah, I um, without naming names and Pat, you can exactly figure out who this was. I received a text immediately. I already know who. I already know the story. Yeah, (laughs) immediately after the game was announced, saying that the RV was being um, rented and that I would have a room available to me and my family. I can (laughs) confirm this. (laughs) To which I basically had to say, um, as much as I would love to, I literally can't afford to even pay myself right now a Ooh. compliment I, I can't afford to pay myself a compliment right now so well we'll see about that 
Anyway, um, sure. I do not want to see <laughs> GoFundMe. Okay. I've done my one one outdoor game. I, I'm good. I don't need to do another. <laughs> so that was that was a parking disaster too because at Levi Stadium, everybody was parking, or where I ended up parking was a, a golf course on a golf course. Oh God, that's right. People were driving over embankments and shrubbery. Shrubbery. To get out of Levi's Stadium after that. Yeah, they, they they did not have they. There was a um, train stop right in front of it, so they had yeah. assumed that most people would take the train in, and <laughs> most people did not. Most people. They assume so, have the, have they never been on one of the Bart trains? Yeah, um, and so they they uh, had people all around the neighborhood were, you know, renting out their front yards and. <laughs> And so this golf course that's right next door was renting out its its fairways. Jesus. So one of the drags in Raleigh is the location of the arena because um, it's on state-owned land next to a collegiate football stadium that borders the fairgrounds for the state. So while what it lacks in amenities, it sure makes up for, for room for 50,000 people to be out and tailgating early. Yeah, and that's the thing with Carolina. Everybody will be out there early so that they can get their smokers going. Exactly, and And let us all stand. Yeah, let us all stand and salute that. Please, Pat, continue. Salute. No, no, go. I, I'm, I'm almost speechless. Um, the governor has already of the state already told us to go tailgate the team. The the league won't use those words because they can't figure out how to monetize it, but they're not stopping us. So we will kind of know what we're doing here. Um, Having witnessed from afar some of the infamous tailgates that happen during even regular season games, I have no doubt that will be an epic tailgate. Mm-hmm. There, there has already been talks of um, tailgating game trophies built specifically for this festivity. And we, mind you, we've already talked logistics, numbers, how many rooms, people, food. Like, I, I, I'm just waiting for some milestones to be assigned to me for things I have to do in the next <laughs> 368 days. And yes, we already have a countdown. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yes, I know. It, with, they, with, they who shall not be named. Yes. With one of the biggest things being we still have to wait at least a week before we can even think about renting in a hotel room before everyone starts to think about this. So needless to say, a lot of people will be prepared. It should be an interesting game. The stadium, it, it's good for a – I think the sight lines will be a little better than last night's game. Um, mainly because the stands go up higher. So even if they do a bunch of corny things on the field, like the pig or cows or something stupid, because the university that they're playing at is nicknamed Moo Yu by the locals that don't, you know, go there because land grant <laughs> university, um, Lambda, 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 and Omega Moo. um it should be interesting to see what the league does because this is largely going to be a league show 
in concert with the landlord being North Carolina State University. I'm sure the team will have some input, but I think this is more of a, I'm throwing a bone to the community and drawing up some interest. And we'll see what happens. I am, uh, from the pictures I've seen and the video I've seen of Carter Finley, it looks like the seating is lower in the front, in, in like those ring, those lower ring sections. And what I mean mm-hmm. lower is like the distance from the top of the field to the the sort of barricaded area of those first seats seems to be lower there than it does at some of the other football stadiums I've seen. So that may help. But I also I see what you're saying, Pat, and looking at it, it's it's more of a a stand up bowl versus a, a spread out bowl. It's yes. a high sided it's more of a chili bowl than it is a salad bowl. Correct. Um, so That'll be very curious to see. Um, who do you think is going to be the the uh, opponent? Probably the Penguins. That's where my money is, too. Unfortunately. I, I think, one, it's going to come down to a scheduling issue. Like, it would be great if it were Nashville, although Nashville deserves a chance to host their own. Yeah. But they're starting the season in Europe. Do they want another one of these events to disrupt their schedule? Um, but Pittsburgh, mainly for the broadcasting draw, there's enough of a local Penguins fan base, and I think they would travel well. And they're... Those are two things that are key to me as well. Well, which is why I kind of I made a couple jokes today. One, I would love to see the Coyotes just to stick it to the league. <laughs> but since it's a league run event, I know that won't happen. But then I kind of want Toronto just to get everyone here from Ontario, just to shut them up and get them blasted out of their minds and see that they can't even walk into the stadium the next day. Um, but no, in all honesty, I know through team sources, the Capitals are pretty much denying that they will be the team. Um, but I still think there's probably something to be negotiated. So I still think it will come down to the caps or pens. You have a guess, Cass? Well, the caps have already said that they're not doing it. Well, money makes the world go. Yeah, exactly. Did they say they weren't doing it? Or they say, was it, we're not going to do it? Or we're not doing it because they haven't been asked? Probably they haven't been asked because, you know, no, nobody's been announced yet. But, right. Um, but yeah, Cap's PR people had already come out and said that they weren't, they weren't it, the um, other team. So, right, but you see what I'm saying? Were yeah. they not the other team because they haven't been asked, or they were asked and turned it down? We don't know that because, eh. yeah, it's the it's yeah. that unsaid yet, right? <laughs> because it's politics. That's they, they have to toe the uh, the league line, of course. 
Do Ted Leonsis and Tom Dunn get along? Actually, I would see no reason why they wouldn't. I bet they're very like-minded individuals. Um, so the the statement that went round was the Washington Capitals are not the Hurricanes opponent in the stadium series game next winter at Carter-Finley Stadium, per Cap spokesman from uh, Samantha Pell of the Washington Post. And she's absolutely correct because an opponent has not been announced. Been announced. Right. Right. So she it's, she is correct. It's those semantics. Yep. It's not lying. It's not lying. It's exactly correct. Exactly correct. It's not lying. <laughs> so. All right. So I think I can say this. Okay. <laughs> if you can, God, I. Watch this. Thank God, because the, the last two things on my list were Evander Kane and the whole Daniel Crystal and Paul this and that crap. So please, Cassie, hold the shoot. shoot on this thing. Okay. So we touched on this a bit earlier. Um, as of right now, John Cooper is the longest tenured coach in the NHL, having started in 2013. If you can believe that. Um, how long do you think he's got before he's fired? Follow us on Twitter at 3B3 Podcast. This has been the 3B3 Podcast, sponsored by Nobody. <laughs>